everybody, and welcome to another episode of Fill in the Mic. I am always am uh, your host, Darren Michael. With me, as always, for this wild adventure of a night, the man who will be announcing the New Jersey final electoral college voting results tomorrow, Mr. Phil Calise. What's going on? How are you? Man, that's a big responsibility. You sure you're up for it? Uh, well, I was going to tell you, breaking news, there won't be any results tomorrow, so... What's going on? Okay, I well got then... I got some days. I got some days to count them. I got a team of people, lawyers, you know, <laughs> seventy-five to a hundred of our closest friends will be helping out with the count. So, so now, is your is your current employer okay that you've taken off so much time to be counting ballots by hand? Um, yeah, hand counting. Yeah, no, the seventy-five to a hundred is my coworkers, my colleagues at the company. <laughs> I'll have a little fun with it, you know. It's gonna be well, a crazy, good. crazy ride. You ready for the next twenty-four to I don't know, uh, two hundred and forty <sighs> hours? You know, we, we this is the fill in the mic election eve special. Granted, we're probably <laughs> going to be talking about this for you know at least another week or so, but but still, it's exciting. So uh, we got a lot to talk about. There's so much going on with this uh, race. I know it's. I know you're you're you got your uh, you're just like jumping up and down in your seat you just can't wait to talk about this and i'm gonna give you the chance i'm gonna give you a chance but before i do i gotta tell you my two stories i love to hear stories these are these are election eve stories so they gotta be extra good yeah i don't know about that but anyway so (laughs) so i'm on my way to the gym yesterday my wife calls me and she's like hey can you stop at Publix and get something so i was like no problem no problem so as I am, um, as I'm driving into the public's parking lot, I see this SUV that I've never seen before. And I'm like, whoa, this is pretty cool. So I drove by it. It was a Rolls Royce SUV. Ah, nice. All right. And that is, I, I think that's the definition of, you just have way, way, way too much money that you just, <laughs> you're just throwing it away because you don't even know what the hell to do with it. Okay. So that's how I see that. And, you know, and, and the first thing that my mind goes to is, okay, what celebrity has that? Cause we, we actually have quite a bit of uh, celebrity people, especially in the music industry down in the, in this area. It's pretty crazy. And a lot of, a lot of professional athletes and, and, and such. So that was my first thought. I did not see who got in the car. But uh, but that was my first loss. Anyway, so I, I go into Publix, and then after that, I went to the gym, and uh, I see this guy in one of the machines, right? And he is just like, like he's wearing like this. This I don't even know if you would call it a shirt. It's just like a piece of cloth that's covering part of his upper body, and the guy is just ripped, right? He's his arms are like chiseled. His back, he's got muscles on his back that I didn't think you could possibly get. I mean, it was just like bumpy everywhere unless he just had some sort of some sort of disease where he had bumps all over his body and it, was, <laughs> it was pretty incredible so uh so i you know i i, I like to look at other people because i like to see kind of how i compare and okay yeah that guy's pretty ripped i'm pretty not ripped so you know we we don't compare really well but the funny thing was he gets up from sitting down whatever he was at and uh you know and i see him and he he really is i mean his upper body is is very impressive and then he's got these tiny little chicken legs. <laughs> I was just like, I'm just like, and I, so I couldn't stop laughing. So every time I see this guy, I'm like, he's walking around and I'm laughing. You know, he probably thinks he's, you know, big man on, on campus. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, you got to work your legs out too. I mean, you look ridiculous with these little toothpicks on this Adonis looking body. <laughs> so uh, so if, you, if you have to get into a fight with him, you just sweep the leg real quick and uh, run. <laughs> It wouldn't take it wouldn't take much. A stiff wind would blow this guy over. Okay, that was <laughs> so. I, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. And then I'm on, I'm on my way home. I, I pull into the driveway, and I see this big cloud of smoke coming up from behind my house. Oh, jeez. And the, my first thought is, you've got to be kidding me. What the heck is going on here? Nobody called me, so you know the girls are home. I don't know what's going. On. So I proceeded to walk around the house towards the back, and I found that it was our neighbor behind us and there's okay. a fence there so you can't see what's going on but i can see that there's smoke coming up so i'm like all right you know what whatever whatever i'll you know fine they're doing that it's annoying it smells really bad but i got in the house and my house smelled 
So I'm like, you, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. This is terrible. So I, so I went over to, to, I, I went in the backyard, went over to the fence. I had to crawl through all these, crawl through all these like bushes and stuff. And he, he must've heard me coming and he's like, he's like, Hey, how are you doing? And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, what's going on with the fire? And, and he's just like, he's, he's holding, uh, like, a like one of those pine, pine trees, uh, not, not pine trees, what are the, uh, ever, ever, evergreen trees. Uh-huh. He's holding, he's holding a branch and he's like, Oh, I'm burning this. And I go, I go, my man, it stinks. I go, you're stinking <laughs> up my whole house. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry, but this is like 80, this tree's like 80% water. It's not, it shouldn't smell. And I'm like, yeah, but it does. <laughs> it does. So I said, you need to stop. And, and you know, but then I, I, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should be a nice guy. And I said, I said, but I just want to make sure everything was okay. And I'm glad that you guys are all right. So that, you know, oh, thank you, my friend, whatever. So, so I go back inside and Aubrey was actually in there with her friend. Brooke wasn't there. And, um, and I'm in the foyer and I'm taking off my shoes and everything. And the girls are, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a wall. And then they're kind of on the other side in the, uh, in the living, in the dining room or the living room, just laying there doing whatever, probably TikToks. And, uh, and they're like, did you find out what it was? And I said, uh, I said, yes. And, and I knew they couldn't see me because I was, I made sure that they couldn't see me. I said, I said, you know, it's, it's a foreign guy. And for some reason they're having a human sacrifice in their backyard. <laughs> and I said, and I was like, I was like, but don't worry because I spoke to the human person that they're, that they're, that they're going to be putting into the fire and they were okay with it. <laughs> Right. So, so these girls are both 12. Right. So, so then I decide I'm, you know, so I try to put on a straight face and I, and I walk out and I see them and they're both, their mouths are just wide open. <laughs> they're just like, Oh, oh my God. And I, Dad. I, I, I couldn't hold it in. And I'm like, girls, I'm, I'm just kidding. There's no human sacrifice going on. In our you think they were, you think they were biting on that at all? Or? Oh, they were, they were. Man. Yeah, Man. they were. Hey man. They were so I I just I th- I know that was a long story but I thought that was really funny that I, that I actually convinced <laughs> these two girls that that uh, they were they were performing a hilarious. human sacrifice next door so yeah I that's thought that hilarious. was pretty funny and what were they burning the tree for that's what my head was at like what were they doing yeah you know I didn't ask that question what the, what the heck okay you know and uh, yeah there's there's a lot of things that I wanted to say um, <laughs> but I just I decided it, you know, listen, I argue with people all the time. I just, for some reason, I enjoy doing that. I don't know why. Um, but I just didn't feel like it. You didn't have so, it in you today. I, I, I was being you. nice. I was I being you. nice. I, you know, I mean, I mean, chances are he's probably a listener. He's probably one of the hundreds oh, of thousands of listeners we have. Heck so, yeah. Yeah. you know, so uh, it's a good thing. Yeah, listen, there's probably a lot of people in the area performing human sacrifices. So he won't <laughs> know that I'm talking about him. So it's fine. <laughs> depending on how this election goes we may have an epidemic of that so oh god well but listen before we get to that stuff i just real quickly i just wanted to kind of talk about our picks last week once again we went 500 but this time for college football we were both two and two so congratulations on being as bad of a college football picker as i am well hey first of all i think what's my what's my overall record now uh 10 and 4 Ten and four. That's still, still four, fantastic. It's still solid. Still solid. Ten and four. And I went four and two in NFL picks. You did go four and two in NFL picks, and that so, was impressive. So I, I got to take my hat off hey. to you on that one because you you never do that well in NFL. Oh, you know what? Three, two, and one the week before. Four and, and two. You know and what that says? Trending up. <laughs> and you know what? Honest, honestly. Buffalo, the spread was three and a half. They won by three. I mean, come on. That was, I know that was a tough one. I know that was that was that was really poor. But and and of course you missed out on the Jets and Chiefs. But but that's okay. You know the one. The only thing that I want to talk about with football was Tua. You know, you know I'm a huge Tua fan. Uh, I don't know why. So they won. Okay, they 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 actually beat the. Um, they, they beat, beat the Rams. They beat the Rams. They beat the Rams. Yeah, yeah. Which is a good victory for them. Definitely a good yep. victory for them. So it puts them above 500. But as a team, they had 145 total yards. The guy just looked scared. He he's sitting there over center. Or actually, he was in shotgun. But he just sees Aaron Donald and he's like, "Man, <laughs> I, I do not want to be in this game," because yeah. that's what he looked like. Yeah, that's a, that's an int- for anybody that didn't watch the uh, the Dolphins Rams game. Probably one of the more bizarre. NFL games in that, you know, the, the rookie quarterback making his debut has, by all accounts, a pretty bad game, and they yeah. win easily. 
yeah. because uh, the guy on the other side of the field, Mr. Jared Goff, <laughs> just couldn't give the ball away any quicker. He was dropping it on the ground, throwing it yep. to the other team. I yep. mean, he was he was having himself one heck of a bad day. So he gave the game away and made Tua have a nice little easy uh, – Easy uh, opening, uh, first ever win. Not having to do much. So and and all yeah. they talk, all they all they talk about, because I was reading about that. They don't say anything about the game or about Tua, except that, except that he was able to to throw this touchdown pass to a guy who had point two seven yards of space between he and the receiver. <laughs> he really gunned it in there. What precision, uh, you know? And they uh, didn't talk about the fact that he he was like he was like eleven for twenty two for like fifty yards. Right, let's, let's not talk and, about that. And I think he, I think he, he fumbled himself, right? He turned it over once. He on did. He did. Yeah. He got pummeled and just kind of dropped. No, no, you take it. You take it. You know. <laughs> no, I'm not, I don't have it anymore. Don't, 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 don't tackle me. <laughs> he's not that big, too. I, my, my take on him was always his talent is, you know, I think he's, he's pretty talented, but um, we'll see. The jury's still out. But I always thought he was a little on the small side, and I, and I don't think he's particularly fast. So yeah. I thought the NFL game would be would be a bit tricky because he's going to get hit a lot, and he didn't hold up that well in college, as no. we know. I missed a lot of games in college, so we'll see if he can yeah. hold up. We'll see what well, it looks like. You know what? Listen, it's it's like anybody else. You just you just don't know. I mean, uh, you know, the Jags have another have have some rookie starting next week that I have no idea who he is either. So I'll look forward to talking to you on on Thursday about that. We'll see how how Absolutely. these rookies are doing because you're talking about you're going to have like. Uh, five or six rookies starting next week, which is crazy. Yeah. So, well, t- you know, tis the season for tanking and, uh, giving up the season. And oh the, my Lord. It's the ha- this is really a haves and have nots league this year. Um, yeah. I think you're seeing now as we approach about the midway point, um, you're seeing just what, what is clearly a, um, uh, a league going in two different directions, extremely top heavy. And the bottom is as bad as the NFL's had in a long time. So, yeah. Yeah, it's That's... it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. But let let's let's get into the main topic, man. Are you are you excited that the uh, that that tomorrow's election day? <laughs> uh, in some ways, I am excited. Yes, I mean, I'm I'm always I'm a fan of uh, a fan of kind of looking at all the data and really kind of making my own guesses as what's going to happen. And and you know, it's exciting. It's exciting as far as that goes. Um, yeah. I'm not totally uh, excited with what how long this may drag out for, and I think that's a theme of tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, because I don't think you can talk about you. I don't think you could fairly talk about this election uh, tomorrow without talking about the idea that we may not have results for seven to ten to you know maybe fourteen days in a few of these states. Could be. Um, yeah. yeah. Which which in a few of these states, and I'm looking at Pennsylvania as one of them. Yep. Um, may decide the whole election. So while everybody is, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, the national average polls and, and all the other stuff that, you know, Biden has a comfortable lead. If you, if you kind of parse through some of the rhetoric and really dig in, yep. this thing may come down to three or four States and Pennsylvania appears to be a state that they've, they've already shown their hand and said, it's going to take days until they count all the votes. And if that's the case, I mean, I don't know what we're getting tomorrow other than uh, other than, you know, other than a, a, an indication of what's going on. But but I don't think we're going to get a final result for the first time. in I don't know when um, I don't think you're ever. going to bed tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. Knowing who's winning. Well, the famous the, the famous one was the one election where people went to bed. This was pre Internet, pre, you know, information traveling fast. Who was it? It was the. Uh, the election where they called it for one and then the other the other person won by the morning. They mm-hmm. had to recount like all the newspapers. I'll look it up. But um, Dewey, Dewey and who? Who was it? Dewey versus whoever. Dewey was announced as the winner in the night and at night. And then in, at the, the papers in the morning was wrong. And wow. By midday the next day, they had to they had to take it all back. And the other I got to find it. But um, that was that. Yeah, I think we're going to go way past that this time. So. Which, which in the most polarized sense of how this country is, you're talking about, um, um, you're talking about the worst thing possible, and it's Dewey versus Truman. Tr- Dewey yep. defeats Truman. I was Truman just going to say the, that, yeah, yeah, in the '40s, and then they had a, you know, it was all, it was obviously Truman won, um, but yep. so that goes back to '48. So you're talking about, um, it's and been that a long was. Time. 
yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. And uh, I think everybody's going to go to bed tomorrow night not knowing who won. Yeah. So, but it's still exciting. And um, it's uh, where do you want to go? How do you want to kick off? Well, the coverage? I want to I want to start off. Uh, I want to start off this way. Right. Before we really get into the nuts and bolts of everything, I want. I want to review kind of the, the last four years, you know, like what, what has been, what has been good over the last four years? What has been bad? What, what do you think maybe that president Trump should have done differently? I just, just kind of a, a quick recap on your, on your thoughts of, of, of Trump's first and, and possibly only term. Um, good. Um, I think he, I think, I think putting the focus on the American worker, I think putting the focus on um, even getting into some of these trade wars to renegotiate them was really, um, really Trump's business approach and his non-political approach that said, this is what I said I was going to do and this is what I'm going to do. So he gets into some trade wars with Mexico and Canada and China um, and he renegotiates a lot of these, these, uh, you know, these agreements and he gets better deals overall. Um, he gets abused in the papers during the process that he doesn't know what he's doing and it's not going to work. But it, by all accounts, everything he everything he did, whether you like or not don't like um, the way he did it, he got better deals for, I think, the American people. Um, I think that's one. I mean, I think the yeah. fact I, maybe the biggest thing is he didn't have a conflict, a war on his watch. Right. Um, he brought troops home. Um, he's trying to get the last remnants of troops in the Middle East out, um, particularly in Afghanistan and what have you. So, I mean, that was another thing he ran on and said these wars were endless and senseless and cost two trillion dollars and there's no reason for them anymore. Yep. So I think he did a really good job with that. Um, I think, you know, he put together and got a, um, a you know, he, he really uh, attacked prison reform. And you could say it wasn't his idea and this wasn't even something on his agenda no matter what the idea was, he actually got it done. Right. Um, so, you know, many, many presidents go in with an agenda of five or six items, but, you know, can you actually get things done in office? And are they meaningful? So I think prison reform by most accounts in a yep. bipartisan way was something that was good. Um, so those are three things. I think, I think in general, probably what, for good or bad, you would take out of a Donald Trump presidency, particularly if it only lasts the first term, right. is that what he said he was going to do on the campaign trail, he either did or was stopped in trying to do. Right. So there, there wasn't any flip-flopping. There wasn't any, um, I didn't really mean it, or you know, things change when you get here type of approach. And I think the, the consummate non-politician in him made it so that he didn't understand why you wouldn't do what you said you were going to do. Right. Right. Like he didn't go there, like not to get it done. Right. Um, the bad of Donald Trump. I mean, I think it's, I think the obvious bad and it may just flat out cost him the election is just his, his, his not his, his need or his inability to control his Twitter account and his inability to not pick senseless fights and senseless, arguments that weren't relevant and didn't yep. elevate him as a president, right? Like, you know, you often heard people on both sides of the aisle say um, it's beneath the presidency to say that or do that or act like that. And I think he failed badly in the four years from just staying above the fray. Um, and I really don't think that's all media driven. I've heard people that are his loyalist defenders say, well, when you're being attacked for four years, what do you expect? Right. There, there's 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 fights you do take and there's worthful, worthwhile battles that you take. And it elevates the idea that if, OK, you don't fight every battle, the ones you fight are worth fighting and you get more of a pass, I think, especially from your own party um, by doing that. Right. And I think those never Trumper Republicans, maybe some of them would have never had his back no matter what, because they were very upset with a somebody outsider you know making hay and 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 really it was a non-politician and i think there's a lot of i call them country club republicans that yep. donald trump just grosses them out right um 
But I think some of that, some of that group may have came back on board if he would have acted more presidential and only fought the media when it was relevant and only attacked when he, when, you know, it was relevant. I think he would have got a little bit more of a, a backing from those never Trump or Republicans. Yeah. Um, I think that was his, I think that was his overall four year worst thing. His obvious worst thing isn't it. So this is going to sound strange. It's how he handled the pandemic, but that's going to maybe cost him the election. And that that's going to far, I think outweigh how he handled his Twitter account or all the rest of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when I say how he handled the pandemic, I, I want to be clear. I don't necessarily think in end results, he could have done anything differently. Meaning it's a highly contagious virus. It was in the country. It was yep. going to spread rampantly. There was going to people that died from it. Old people were going to die from it. Unfortunately, sick people that got it, it was going to add to the possibility of why they passed away from it. Yep. All tragic and all going to happen on his watch. You just happen to be the president during this unforeseen thing, just like it attacked the whole world. That's so right. I don't necessarily blame him for the pandemic at all. Right. I think... I think, again, it's his mouth that gets him in trouble and ultimately caused a narrative that was unnecessary to go against him to happen. Yeah. Which is which is simply to say, I think he downplayed it too much unnecessarily. Yeah. Because I think he didn't need to downplay it to that degree because it wasn't going to you weren't going to make it go away by downplaying it. Right, right, right. Um, And I think what he and we've talked about this a little bit, but I know we didn't really do a lot of pandemic. We started this podcast long after the pandemic was in. I think we started in August. It was was already months in. And I think people are a little fatigued to the pandemic. But I think um, he should have early in that process with Fauci and um, um, the other doctor that Burks that was up there a lot, but Fauci, I know who was really kind of the, 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 the claim to fame guy that you now will ever forever remember for two things. One being the guy who talked every day for a while. And the guy who also throws like a 175 year old woman when he throws out the first pitch, because that was the worst <laughs> first pitch of all time. <laughs> I uh-huh. forgot about that. <laughs> but, but I think what he should have done early on is say, Hey, listen, we can only go, we can take what the experts and the doctors tell us. And then we also have to in, in, in parallel run a country and try to keep people off of unemployment and try to keep this country afloat. And our information we give you every day is going to change because the science changes, the data changes, what we think works changes, what we think doesn't work changes. And if he would have done that early on, and said, this may every, you know, every press conference may sound different, because we don't know about this virus. Yeah, yeah, we just yeah. don't know what it's going to morph into. We don't know what China obviously didn't give us good data. So it's not like we're working and understand really what we're up against. And if he would have just said that and said also in 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 par- and also say, you know, the the um, the 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 cupboards were bare by Obama and Biden in terms of the, the disaster relief, like they were very low on ventilators. We weren't prepared for a, di- a disaster, a pandemic like this. Yep. So we got to do so many things to even get us caught up. And if he would have just said that, I think, again, would he have been, well, anytime a bad thing happens on a president's watch, I think in general, it's going to hurt them. Um, just because the economy falling apart is never going to help the incumbent president. But sure. I think there would have been more people that said, what the hell are you going to do? Like this, something like this is an unforeseen insanity He's saying all the right things like he's saying they don't know. You know, I think he would have been given a bit of a more of a pass by more people. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, it spiraled once he started saying it wasn't that serious or it was, you know, it'll be gone by Easter. Then it'll be gone by this, then be gone by that. And then it doesn't happen. Even if you're right that way less people passed from it. And even if you're right that it was overblown in terms of its um, death rate and all the rest of it, we're in freaking what? november and it's still here yeah i mean yeah. so it's just like he should have hedged his words better um but he doesn't know how to do that and i think that's the lack of politician in him bit him on the butt there so yeah. i think that's the, you know that was a long answer to say those are the really bad things those were the good things and you know and we're in very polarized times so he's he's got everything against him in terms of media coverage in terms of how things are being portrayed Yep. So when you get all that and you put it in a pot and <laughs> stir it up, I think yep. you got the makings of a exceptionally tight race 
no matter what the polls are saying nationally and what have you, I think we're in for a very tight race. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's pretty crazy. You know, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and, you know, you, you pick a path that you go down. And I think that he knew that it was worse than it was, but I think that he didn't want to panic the American people, you know, and, and in the end, I think that was, I guess that was just a bad decision. You know, I think that, I think that we have it much more under control than it was, which I think is fantastic. I think he's, there's a lot of good things going on, but like you said, the delivery and kind of coming across as somebody that was, that was holding back the truth basically is what he was doing. And that's, I, I think that's, that's what's, that's what's very difficult for people to swallow. You know, I think he did, I think he did a lot of great things. I think he made, made all kinds of promises that, that he kept. I mean, he didn't just say things to say things. He actually did them. You know, I, I love what he did with, uh, with uh, cutting corporate tax rates. And I know that's a, that's a thing that the Democrats are, are completely, completely against, but if you think about it, you know, if you cut the corporate tax rate, corporations are making more money, meaning that they've got the ability to hire more and, uh, you know, and thus unemployment goes down. I mean, to me, it seems like basic economics. And uh, and I, I really like that. I really like that. So, you know, I thought the four years were 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 pretty good overall. I think that if if we hadn't gotten hit by covid I have a feeling that that it would be a landslide because the economy would just be through the roof right now and everything would be going great. But but that's not the way it is. We had COVID, so we're we're just going to have to we're going to have to see what happens. So, you know, so let's let's talk a little bit about about the 2016 map versus the 2020 map. What do you think are some of the big differences between them and then and now 4 years later? Well, I mean, if you go back, so what's what's going to be interesting and, you know, I, I've been taking a look at it for a while. Yeah. Um, for those that don't remember, in 2016, he ended up, Donald Trump won 306 electoral votes. Hillary Clinton won 232. She won the popular vote by about 2%. So, um, and that was really dominating by California, you know, being millions of votes more. That was literally the popular vote difference. Um, so it's interesting because <clears throat> you're right. If the, if the pandemic didn't hit, I don't think there was any chance Joe Biden could have won. Right, right, right. I really don't. I don't think based on how the map that, that he held last time, I don't think it would have been close. Now, right. if you look at the map, so what Trump did and he changed the map for the first time in, in several decades he won what, you know, we call and you hear oftentimes the Rust Belt. He, you know, put a huge dent in the um, Democrat firewall of Mich- Michigan, Wisconsin, PA. Those are three states that they hadn't lost in a while, uh, mm-hmm. a long time. And he won all three of them by narrow, narrow margins. Right. right so right. <clears throat> if you look at that and you start taking away those states, if Biden flips those three states back, it's over. He wins. I mean, right. that's it. Period. The end. You don't have to get into any any deeper than that. If if it's as simple as that, and he flips those three states, he wins. Uh, he wins the popular vote back. Yep. So I mean, he wins the he wins the election. So what is if you look at it that way? What are the battleground states now? What's interesting is, by all accounts, North Carolina looks to be in play more than it's ever been in play before. Um, And I don't think that's just rhetoric from the Democrats. I think if you look, um, Trump and a lot of his uh, surrogates have been in North Carolina a bunch lately. And the polls, I mean, if you look at the net net average of all the polls, Biden's up by 0.2% in North Carolina. I'm going to say that Trump still wins North Carolina, but that is shockingly close. And that is an- pretty, pretty another crazy. state that's shockingly close is Texas. And yep. now what's interesting about those two states for the for the country uh, and Texas, by the way, is like one point three percent. If you net net average all the polls in the last 20 days, that's right. what it's coming in at Trump up one point three um, is you have mass migrations from big liberal cities 
yep. into both North Carolina and Texas. So that map is ever changing quickly because, I mean, for those that don't know, tons of New York and New Jerseyans have flocked to North and South Carolina, particularly North Carolina, mm-hmm. and tons of the West Coast, including Washington, Oregon, California, particularly California, have flocked right. to Texas. And so but the irony of that is they leave big, giant liberal states because they hate how they're run. Then they get to Republican-run states, which they want to live in, and then vote for Democrats. Mm-hmm. So it's insane, the irony of it. But they're in the process of making the state of North Carolina and the state of Texas, two states that haven't voted for a Democrat since I don't know when, um, yep. in play now. And so that's crazy. So, But I think, I, I, I think if you, if you want to look at the race tomorrow, if you're really honing, up, honing in on anything, it's Florida, which actually will come back pretty early in the night. Um, with a decision. I think Florida will get called pretty early in the night. That's my prediction. And I think Trump's going to win it. Um, But I'm looking at two things with Florida. One, if Biden does win Florida, this is over before anything gets started. Yep. So I will come out and say that you do not have, you can disregard everything I just said about weeks to find out who's going to win. If Biden wins Florida, the race is over, done. It doesn't matter what else happens. Trump will not be able to overcome that state. Um, but if Trump wins, like I think he will, I'm looking to see how much he wins it by. I think Florida sometimes becomes a decent indication of what's going on. Um, I also think if he wins Florida more comfortably, the odds are he'll end up winning North Carolina for sure, which he has to win. Um, and I do think he'll win Texas in the end. So I do think it'll just keep getting closer and closer. Some of these red States. Right. Um, I think he's going to lose Wisconsin. I think he's going to lose Michigan. I really do. I think it's going to be close. But remember, it was thousands, tens of thousands of votes to, to his favor last time. It's not going to take much to swing it back the other way. Um, and then I think the drama unfolds in Pennsylvania, which they're going to have record turnout of all yep. time. And it's going to just simply be about the suburbs of Philly and Philly versus yep. basically the rest of the state. Yep. And and what happens? Um, and I think the election comes down to that. So to me, the 20, I believe, 20 electoral votes sitting in Pennsylvania decides mm-hmm. this decides this bad boy. Hmm. What do you Interesting. think? You know, I, I you think it sounds like, you, you know, you're a little bit you, you think I'm being a little uh, optimistic no, you know, on the Biden side. You know what? I, I, I can't really I can't really fault what you're saying. I mean, it's it really is up in the air. It, it truly, truly is. I mean, it, it, this is to me, this is this is really going to be a tight race. You know, Wisconsin and Michigan. I don't know if Biden's going to win those. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, my, my question is, you know, that governor in, in Michigan has just turned off a lot of people and she's a Democrat. Is that going to have a negative effect on Biden? Yeah, I think I know. I think it is. I I think I totally agree with that. I think when it comes to Michigan, more than Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin's as much in play this time. Um, and I know even Trump has been in Minnesota lately. And Minnesota, yeah, yeah. Minnesota was very close last time around. Um, and he thinks he could flip it. Yeah. Um, but I think with Michigan, you're right. Whitmer has turned off a lot of people and it's going to be razor close again. But it was tens of thousands of votes last time. Yeah. Yeah, so I it's, just it's it's going to take very little to swing it either way. You know what I mean? Like it's. Close. I mean, the, yeah. The I mean these these things are truly truly up in the air. I mean it's 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 crazy. You know, normally you would be able to say for sure, yes, so and so is going to Biden is going to take this state. Trump is going to take this state. And and yes, for for a lot of states, you know what they're going to take. But it seems to me like there are a lot more states that are in play than usual this year, which is really crazy and and exciting at the same time. Um, yeah, I do think there's probably more states in play than usual, but here's the bad thing, I guess, if you're, if you're a Trump supporter, the bad thing is the states that are in play that are unusual are not necessarily states that they're states Trump has to protect. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're states he has to protect more than now he can lose some of them. He did. Like I said, he won 306 electoral votes. He does not need to protect the entire Rust Belt. 
he does not need to win Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. He basically needs to just win Pennsylvania. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, from, from the Trump perspective, that's the good part. He doesn't need to sweep it or anything like that. Um, if he, if he just holds serve in the States, he's won last time, you know, he can't, he can't get picked off in North Carolina. He can't, he can't get, you know, something crazy happen. So, I mean, if you look at a map and you give Trump his States and you give Biden the normal States, he's going to win. And you leave Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania open right now, and call it and call it the you know the the Rust Belt trio. Yeah, Bi- Biden's got to win all of them to win. Yeah. So in some regards, you could say, wait a second, why isn't Trump the favorite? All by all, Trump has to do is win one of Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania to win. Yeah. That would be the very optimistic perspective from Trump, but from Biden's perspective. You, he could look at it as, I mean, North Carolina, Texas, I mean, Arizona, Florida, Ohio. There's so yep. many states that he's polling within a margin of error. If Biden just flips a few of those, then Trump's almost can't win no matter what he does. So yeah, yeah. it depends how you look at it, because if you're going to give Trump the benefit of the doubt that, you know, he could win a whole bunch of states close. Well, Biden could win a few of them himself. So, you know. I, I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be really interesting to see. But I, I think the biggest concern I have with it tomorrow is just not knowing. And um, and I think not from not not just purely from a not knowing perspective, but yeah. you see these major cities boarding up shops in 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 these big cities like New York City, um, Chicago, uh, D.C. I mean, they're literally businesses are boarding up planning to not open for the next week or two yep. in anticipation of what might happen. That's, That's scary. That, that, <laughs> I mean, it, we're supposed it, to be a free yeah. country here. We're having yeah. a free election. This is not supposed to lead to violence depending on which party wins or well, doesn't win. But l- let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. They're, they're boarding up these things in case of who winning. Um, like I, when you're, I, when I you're think... saying there's going to be riots – is it going to be Democrats rioting or Republicans rioting? Like, you know, what, what is it going to look like? That's, that's what I'm curious. Who's the one, who are the people that are doing the rioting? Yeah. I mean, historically it's been, it's been very, you know, these liberal cities that have had all these rioting issues. It's been very far left, uh, you know, ideological, you know, groups and Antifas and all those folks um, causing the problem. So yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I think just from a country perspective, it's just not a place. It's not a place you want to be because we've never had an election right. in, in the modern era where you've ever seen in anticipation of the results, businesses closing shop and getting out of town and boarding up. I mean, you look at Fifth Avenue in New York City and Macy's is boarding up and all these iconic places in New York and they're boarding up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a sad situation um, without even pointing fingers. It's just sad. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know of, you know, let's face it, Barack Obama won two, two presidencies. And I don't remember ever a sniff of uh, people being worried about protesting or rioting. Um, yeah. And even in fairness to Trump's first win. Now, granted, nobody thought he was going to win. So maybe this could have happened four years sooner. Um, yep. Because nobody thought he was going to win, so I don't think there was any scare or fear of that um, mm-hmm. to certain people. But uh, fa- facts are facts here. I mean, th- we are boarding up a country in major cities for yeah. an election result that may take weeks to come. Yep. So that's the, the worst part. There's not yep. going to be a, f- a finality to this potentially for days, potentially weeks. And if this thing gets... Um, contested with uh, lawyers and appeals and and courts i mean with the country being as on the precipice of going to basically a civil war i mean i don't want to overstate it like i don't necessarily mean like a civil war like you know you know the north and south you know the real civil war but we're at a point now where it's getting very violent yeah um you know and so uh, i mean a pandemic this that i mean i think it could be a I think it could be a very uneasy, unsettling time in the next two to three weeks if we don't have a decision. I mean, it's it it, it 
it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. Here, here's my question, and I've, I've, I've never fully understood this. You know, when it comes to polling, and I, I realize these people they're professional pollsters, so they do this for a living. But you know, and 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 usually they're they're pretty accurate. But how do they do that? You know, there's there's you know already, already there's been a hundred million people that are, that have voted. How do you really know? I mean, you know, you've got to take a a, a sampling size that's big enough that it's representative of the entire state. And I just don't understand how you do that. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what I think is, is accurate. If, and this is, this is kind of the quiet thing that got taken out. So what, what was found to be the, and I don't want to beat up the pollsters because they're doing the way they do it. And I think I've heard two schools of thought, but the national popular vote polling is pretty accurate. When when they looked at the popular vote polling throughout Clinton versus Trump in 2016, yeah, they found that that they were saying Clinton was going to win the popular vote by three and a half percent. Okay, she won it by two point eight percent. Okay, that actually was pretty accurate. Um, and and I think it, the the national polling tends to be more accurate with how they do it with the fairly wide sampling um where i think it gets real dicey is the state by state polls particularly when they do it the same way they've done it for years and clearly trump and even obama showed you that the polling wasn't really very accurate because it's underrepresenting or it's unaccounting for um first-time voters and voters that never vote so if, if a particular candidate comes out that's highly appealing to a group of people that don't normally vote, they're never going to be counted. Right, 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 because right. Because they're never going to be polled because the polling doesn't go after them. The right. polling does a, an average of this state has X amount of Republicans and X amount of registered Democrats, and they're looking for registered voters. And if you get a Trump or even an Obama that appeal to wide swaths of different type of voters – Mm-hmm. You get really wild swinging polls that don't really show what turns out. I think Obama's first term, if I remember correctly, 20, uh, 2008, he outperformed all the polls and all the exit uh, and all the, um, the pre-election polls. So he turned out more black vote than had ever been turned out. So yeah. black, black vote was un- underrepresented. And first time voters, all the college kids that were dying to vote for Obama were not people that normally vote. They were underrepresented. And Trump in 2016, the steel worker that felt um, the country had left them by and and didn't no longer have a candidate that represented them. A lot of the blue collar middle class union workers throughout Mm -hmm. the Rust Belt and all these other areas that Mm -hmm. I don't think were were voting the way they maybe voted when they were younger came out in droves for Trump. And that was uh, unaccounted for. So I think, listen, all the momentum is with Trump in two regards. As you see, he's going five states a a day, uh, five stops a day. In some instances, it's five different states to campaign in these last days. Biden doing a stop a day, maybe a few stops a day in one state. I mean, all the energy and momentum is with Trump. Um, All the... All the um, I think all the very, very late news of the day is with Trump. And when I say that, I mean the GDP numbers coming back really high. Right. I think the Hunter Biden stuff, while not being covered much, does not rub the independent or the moderate or the actual undecided voter positively. Yeah, I don't think I don't think if you're on the fence, you look at that information and it being um, suppressed in the media and suppressed on social media as being something that makes you feel warm and fuzzy about voting for him. Yep. So I think in the very last few days, the momentum's with Trump. Um, can he catch up? Because I do think he's behind and I thought he's been behind for the whole pandemic. Um, so does he catch up? And it just really becomes we joked about it for, for weeks. Biden's running out the clock. Did the clock expire in time for him to win yep. or did he get caught at the wire while trying to run out the clock? I think that's going to be the tale of when we look back at this, which one was it? Because let's face it, he's not finishing strong. He's no, finishing, no, not at all. He's finishing. Uh, he looks winded and he hasn't been moving much. 
And I don't mean that in a joking way, yeah. but I mean, he's been like a ton of gaps on these, on these stump speeches that are yep. less than 20 minutes. Yep. And he can't get through 20 minutes in two or three stops a day. That's and right. Trump's doing hour long speeches, five stops a day. Yep. And he's got as much energy at one in the morning as he does on his it's first crazy. one. It's absolutely so, crazy. I mean, you know, they're not they're You're not dealing with a similar breed of person. But let me point. let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. And yes, I, th- I think Trump does have a tremendous amount of momentum, obviously. And and and, you know, and 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 people aren't really looking at at Joe and the fact that, you know what, he he is fading. He is fading. And when he gets up on the stage and he's talking, he looks like a frail old man. And then you got this guy on the other side. He's full of energy. And, and you know, I mean, he's he's basically I don't even know if the guy sleeps. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. But but here's the question. Here's the real question. Momentum on his side, which is great. But is it too little too late? You know, the election is tomorrow. How many people actually vote on Election Day? Is it is it that big of a number? Especially that, this year. You're hitting on it. You're hitting on it right now. The the million dollar question, because we know that these numbers are the these early numbers of voting is blowing out of the water. Right. Anything that could have even been thought of. Right. So we know that come last vote tallied, this is going to be the most votes ever cast in a presidential election in the US. Correct. Right. We know that and it's not even going to be close. Right. Right. So you're right. What, what I think the million dollar question is, how many votes are sitting on the sideline till tomorrow? Right. Because historically, Republicans and the, the Republican candidate always does best the day of the election. Right. Um, that's historically the case in states that allow early voting. That usually is always a run up lead for the Democrats. And then it becomes do the Republicans catch them on Election Day. Yeah. The yeah. million dollar question is how many Republicans voted early and are just blurred into the mass amount of votes that came in early yep. versus how many are sitting on the sideline and just doing what they would do every election year, uh, every four years vote on Election Day. Right. There's a certain amount of pride. And there's a certain amount of like, this is what we're supposed to do, vote on Election Day. Um, And, you know, I think there's a lot of Republicans that aren't particularly happy that that you could vote, you know, by mail, by this, by that, you know, weeks before. And so how many did it themselves versus waited? And I think that's going to be a huge factor. Um, Yeah. So we'll see. But after, you know, I guess we got to make our final we'll close with our final predictions because. And and we may have a bunch of podcasts before we know the answer. By the way, <laughs> I, I, it's it, it's really it's really funny to uh, to see this. But you know what? Speaking of these these last minute uh, strategy and momentum and everything, so Obama finally came out, I guess, and said that he supported Biden. I, I mean, you know, t- to me, it's like, okay, what took you so long? This 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 was your buddy of eight years, and you had to wait until you know. I mean. <laughs> A long time before you actually endorsed him, and he's come out and he he went to an event with him the first time in in years. Is that too little, too late? I mean, did, is that something? Shouldn't he have come out a long time ago and, and done some of these speeches with him? I mean, now he's coming in with a couple days left. I mean, is, is it is it like ah, Obama's there? Eh, so what? Um, you know what? I don't think Obama. So I think what you've seen with Barack Obama for eight years is people want to vote for Barack Obama, one of the most likable people in terms of how people viewed him. Yeah. Um, but he didn't do anything for Hillary Clinton. I mean, he did a little bit, I think, with the black vote, but I don't think he was a big surrogate that got he didn't get her over the finish line. And I don't think he I don't think people look at him as somebody I'm voting. I'm voting for who he wants me to vote for. Yeah, and yeah. I say that because. He did. He did a horrible job with bringing home uh, votes in both midterm elections when he was president. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Republicans took back the House and Senate during his second during the midterms of his first first pres, uh, first term in president. So he he's not been a closer for other people. He That's can right. get himself elected, but he's a standalone guy. I think you vote for Obama because you like him. You don't vote for the guy Obama likes or the gal. Um, so I don't think he does anything for Biden. I, I don't think it works either way, though, by the way. I, I don't think he brings him over the top. And I don't think people go, if Barack don't really jump out and support him months ago, then then I ain't voting for him. 
because I think most of the people voting for Biden are just voting against Trump, not for Biden. Yeah. I, yeah. I really do. I think it's going to be I think people voted for Hillary Clinton. I think the fact that they, you know, some people wanted to vote for the first woman president. And I think because Hillary Clinton is somebody that a lot of people really did like on yeah. her side of the aisle, I think they were casting a vote for her. Um, yeah. I don't think many people are casting a vote for Joe Biden. I just don't. I think the never Trumpers that are Republicans are, are not casting a vote for Joe Biden. They're just an anti-Trump vote. I think all young people that are going to vote against Trump are just voting against Trump. They're not for Biden at all. Um, I think there's probably a group of, of the black vote that's for Biden as an extension of Obama. Yeah. And I think outside of that and maybe maybe some of the older vote that just looks at Biden as a little bit more professional to them, a little bit more um, uplifting, a little bit less in your face. I think maybe that there's a small group of those folks outside of that. The vote is just anti-Trump. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. it. It's just anti-Trump. That's all period. The end. So, um, you know, I think we'll, we'll see, but, but I think it's going to be interesting. You see, that's, that's where, that's where I have a problem with this whole thing. You know, I mean, I mean, to me, what would have been a great, a great race and a great election is if people actually sat back and did their homework, you know, and I, I think it's anywhere from 65 to 70% of, of Biden supporters really don't know anything about him. They're, they're just, they just hate Trump. And, and, you know, and, and what, what I fear is that, you know, if Biden does get elected, I think that, I think that he's very easily influenced by the far left. I think that the things that he's saying that he wants to do aren't things that are going to help the economy. I see, I see jobs going overseas. I see the economy really, really struggling. And, um, you know, I, I look at it from an economic viewpoint and I just, you know, listening to what he's saying, I don't see any way how what he's doing would, would make things better, how he can bring back the economy. There's no way these ideas about raising taxes and about, corporate taxes and about getting back into all of these uh these uh, uh, agreements all over the world that trump got us out of and you know it's it's like i i i just think i just think that it's going to put this country in a worse position so no matter what you think of trump and you know what people say what they say you know what i mean are his, are his tweets bad yeah his tweets are bad but i also look at it from another perspective and that is imagine if you're president and since the day, since before you were elected, you were investigated, the media was just talking terrible about you. I think 95 percent of the things that come that the media says about Trump is negative. All right. So he's got that. You know, there is nothing that he can do that is not heavily, heavily criticized, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, no matter how great of things that he does. It's always looked at terribly. So he's got just Everything going against him, you know, here you got a billionaire, obviously, you know, he, he becomes president, which is hurting his business very substantially. His name has gone through the ringer, but you know what? He's doing a lot of great things. And I think that he's doing a lot of great things because he's not a politician. He's a businessman. So he's looking at things from a completely different perspective, you know? And conversely, when I look at Biden, I look at his 47 years in office and I'm, I, you know, and I, and I look back and I tried to see, Hey, you know, has he done good things? Yes, he has done some good things. I'm not going to for a second say that he hasn't, but one to me, he hasn't done enough. And two, he's done a lot of questionable things. A lot of questionable things. I don't think all his decisions have been good. I think his crime bill was awful, awful. So there's a lot of things that, you know, that, that he hasn't done. I think his eight years with Obama, I don't think that they really achieved anything. And, uh, and I think that's a problem, too. So in the end, do I think Trump is this great person? No, I don't. But I don't think Biden's a great person either. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you're hearing about him that the media is not covering yet Every single thing in the world they're going to say about Trump. I think that's completely, completely unfair. And, and I'm going to say that, that a guy that's been 
put under a microscope like he has and treated so bad, you know, I mean, the government was spying on this guy. The FBI was spying on this guy. You know, there was a, a uh, you know, the, all this Russian information, this impeachment. I mean, it's, it's all been because they don't like him. They still haven't gotten over the fact that that their Hillary lost four years ago. Well, she did get over it, you know, and then and then you got this the the poll that came out that said, what, 54 percent of Americans think that they're better off today than they were four years ago. Fifty four percent. Yet Trump's in a dogfight to try to win this thing. I am petrified that Biden is going to win. I'm petrified. And what what petrifies me more than anything is that it shows me how ignorant the American people are. You're basing your decision because you don't like somebody, not on how it's going to affect your life, how it's going to put money in your pocket, what it's going to do for jobs. You know, I want to see what everybody says. If, if, if Biden wins and a year from now, unemployment is 15 percent and the deficit is growing by leaps and bounds and we're just getting crushed. The stock market is, is getting pummeled. Everything. I want to see what people say. They're obviously going to blame it on Trump. Oh, Trump did this. He did this, whatever. Um, and that's why I have a big problem with it. So, you know what? I went into this with an open mind and I looked at things, tried to look at things from the, from the middle, but the way that I looked at them was, Hey, who was going to have a more positive effect on my life, on my family, on my well being? And the answer overwhelmingly for me is Trump. I truly think so. And I did vote for Donald Trump. I absolutely voted for Donald Trump because of all those reasons. Now, do I think Trump is going to win? That's the big question. And I think there's so many signs pointing to Biden. And there's so many things going out there talking about how, you know, oh, four years ago, Trump was expected to lose and he came and pulled it out. I, I like the momentum. I think that I think that he's he's done enough things that I think that there's a lot of people out there that just don't admit that they're voting for Trump because they're afraid. If you look at people, you know, like the experience that, that I told you my friend had where somebody stole their flag, burnt it and left it on their front porch. Why? It was a Trump flag. So it just drives people crazy. And I think people are afraid to say that they're Trump supporters. There's all, I think there's a lot of hidden, hidden Trump support out there. I really, really do. And I think this is going to be an extremely, extremely close vote but I believe that Trump is going to pull this out and we are going to get another four years of Donald Trump. And all right. So you made that prediction. Let's give a ballpark. How many days after Election Day do you find this out? I mean, how oh, long wow. do you think this drags? Wow. Well, I, I think this thing is I think this thing is going to end up going to the uh, the courts. I really do. And they're going to force them to do counting and whatever. And, and either side or both sides might do it. I mean, who the heck knows? I, I would say that, that, you know, we, we might not know the answer until the middle of the month and, and even later, even later, because I, I, this thing could be just a complete mess. And I know you hear about all kinds of, of, uh, of fraud going on there and people just throwing away ballots. And I mean, it's just, to me, it's really scary, but I, I think this thing is going to be drawn out. And I, I think, you know, your prediction, you know, before you were saying you thought it was going to be a week, I think it's going to be longer than that. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it, yeah, I think it, I think it can get, I think it can get ugly. I think it's going so to take your, a while. What are, what are, what are your thoughts? Who do you, who do you think is, is, is the better candidate and, and what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. So I do think, I think a lot of the country, I think a lot of the country, I think particularly if you're under the age of 35, you vote much more with emotion and much more with, do I like somebody? I think, I think in general, we're inherently wired to want to like the person we vote for, which is, which is why Obama's policies were not favorable in, in, in most polling and in some polling cases, you know, wildly unpopular, but the man himself was very popular, hence he won twice. And I think here comes Trump, who's the exact opposite of that. His policies are favorable. I think most people view being more for law and order, more for the police, more for getting out of these wars, more for a lot of the things, more for being pro-business, lower the tax rate, let jobs get created, keep more jobs in the United States. I think like in general, more people support his policies, but he's wildly unlike. 
And when you have a high unfavorable uh, rating of yourself personally, um, I think it's sticky. I think I think people don't like to people like to feel good and go to the poll and say, hey, you know, gee, I like that guy. I like that girl. I want to vote for somebody I like. I think in general, that's the case. I think somebody like myself, somebody like you, we just tend to be more logical. But I think a lot of people aren't always cut out that way. I can totally compartmentalize Donald Trump's Twitter account with the policies and the way the country is being run under him. And so I'm fine with it. Although I have to say, I don't like a lot of what he says. And, and I don't give him a full pass on the stuff he says just because the media hates him and he's attacked all the time. I don't. Some of it's repulsive, some of it's unnecessary, some of it's anything in between. And so I don't always, sometimes I just turn away when he speaks. That doesn't make me happy as, as, <laughs> as somebody who's watching the president and say, there's times I just don't even want to hear him. Like that's, that's not something I, I think is great. Um, but yeah, if I look at myself, my family, who I think is going to keep me safer, who do I think is better for the country? I think it's him. Um, when it comes down to what I think is actually going to happen over the next two to 20 days. Um, and I looked, at, I looked at this a lot of ways. I'm going to give one, sh two, two, two states that I think are going to decide the election and, and three states in total that I think are going to be weird. I think Donald Trump, by the narrowest of margins, is going to win the electoral vote and gain four more years as our president. I think he's going to lose North Carolina, which is going to be stunning. And I think people are going to be stunned by that. And I think he's going to win Pennsylvania to overcome the loss of North Carolina to win. Um, so I have a final tally of 271 to 267, which is as close as you can get because you need 270. Wow. Um, and I think he's going to lose the popular vote by four and a half percent, which is monstrophic. Yeah, um, yeah, monstrophic because California is going to be 75 to 25 this time around. It was 62 to 32 last time. I think it's going to yeah. be even more. Yeah. Um, I think a few of these very big liberal places are going to just be even more overwhelming for, for Biden. Um, I think the House is going to stay with the Democrats. And when I looked at all the Senate races and I looked at how the impact of Trump and where he's going to win and where he's going to lose, I think the uh, Democrats are going to win back the House, uh, Senate. Wow. So I think if you thought there was gridlock and chaos last time, I think we're setting up for a, a Trump president, a Trump reelection, but losing both the house and Senate. Wow. Um, so this is probably not a prediction you'll hear anywhere on yeah. the news across Republican or Democrat areas, independents, whatever. I haven't heard one person predict what I just predicted. The house and Senate to the Democrats, Trump retains the presidency. Um, and I threw out the electoral prediction of 271 to 267. Basically, to do that math at home, to get that, I'm giving Trump an upset in New Hampshire to win New Hampshire and four electoral votes. And yep. basically, the big upset against him is to lose North Carolina yep. and, and, and lose Wisconsin, lose Michigan, and just win Pennsylvania. And if you do the math on that, I know Maine and Nebraska split their votes up a little weirdly, so I have it kind of split and parsed that way. Yeah. Um, because Nebraska gives two for the state and then three per delegate. It's a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in the end, I have Trump 271 to 267. I have the House and Senate back to the Democrats, which will cause an all out bloody chaotic situation. Oh, but I mean, hey, awful. it's 2020. What more of a 2020 prediction is that? The one prediction nobody's made. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly not a prediction I've heard one person make, and I've heard 150 predictions. I've heard Republicans, Democrats, independents, Trump haters, Trump lovers. I've heard every prediction that you could hear. Not yep. one has this prediction. So Yeah, I, I don't think I've heard that either. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll that's, see how it turns out. But that's that's pretty that's pretty bold. I mean, listen, I mean I mean, wow. Well, I'm for, not gonna I'm not gonna lose my job if I'm wrong. I'm not gonna win anything if I'm right. No, but no, I, no, I, no, but I but just looked at all the numbers and I looked at some of these states and um I got this weird feeling he's going to lose North Carolina, which most people think will come home to him in the end. But I think the demographics there, I think North Carolina could have a hidden anti-Trump vote. I think there's so yeah. many New York and New Jersey people that have moved in there. I think that state is shifting super quickly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but I think it's going to work in his favor in Pennsylvania. 
And so I think that difference, because I think North Carolina and Pennsylvania have about a four, four electoral vote difference. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the difference. If you had to lose one and win the other, that's the way to go with it. Um, so in the end, I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, North Carolina gets 15 delegate uh, electoral uh, votes and um, Pennsylvania's 20. So that's wow. the difference, losing that and winning that. Um, Interesting. So we'll see. But if I'm right, and if I mean, most people. If, if I'm right about Pennsylvania deciding the election, it's going to take weeks. So it's going yep. to be a while. So we'll see. That is a uh, that is a heck of an accurate prediction. Wow. 271 to 260. Man, let me tell you something, man. If you are right on that prediction, I'm playing the lottery. Hey, man. Let's I'm playing see. the lottery because you are just you are just the man. So, well, you heard, <laughs> listen, you heard it here first. And, and listen, whether whether you agree with it or not, um, you know, I think that we have been we've been fair, we've been impartial, we've looked at all of the, the figures, what's going on. And, um, you know, and I, I don't think you can ask for anything more than that. You know, um, you know, we, we took everything into account and, you know, and in the end, when you, when you truly look at what's going on out there, it, it seems pretty clear as, as far as who would do a better job for, for, for this country. You know, I mean, and, you know, and, and, and people, you know, majority of people saying that they're going to vote for Biden because they don't like Trump. That really scares the hell out of me, really, really scares the hell out of me, because, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a logical person when it comes to something like this. And, uh, you know, when it's when it's something this serious, you got to take everything into account. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And you know what? The sun will come up tomorrow either way. That's right. And, uh, or I should say on Wednesday. And we'll still do a, an NFL and college football preview show on Thursday. That's right. And uh, big week, maybe bigger than the presidency, Notre Dame Clemson for me. So, hey, <laughs> uh, I'll be locked in. So we'll have fun with it either way. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But uh, everybody enjoy. Enjoy the election. And uh, don't get too stressed out. Just uh, <laughs> it is what it is. And whatever's yeah. going to happen is, is going to happen. So uh, just, just hope for the best. And uh, and we will look forward to talking to everybody pretty soon. So uh, from Phil and the Mike.